0: Welcome back to the RMD podcast from Reverse Mortgage Daily, hosted by me, RMD editor Chris Clow. In this show, we speak with reverse mortgage business leaders, professionals, government officials, and thought leaders to provide listeners with the pulse of the reverse mortgage industry and all of the business and regulatory realities which affect it. In this episode, I'm joined by Wendy Peel, Managing Director and Partner in Reverse Lending at the Blackfin Group, to discuss with us a lot of the shifting dynamics taking place in the reverse mortgage industry due to the tough economic environment the country now finds itself in. We also take some time to talk about her so-called reverse mortgage origin story, how she sees reverse mortgage industry growth taking place beyond current penetration levels, and the important role technology could play in the business going forward. I hope you enjoy it, but before we begin the discussion, here's a word from this episode's sponsor, the National Reverse Mortgage Lenders Association. For 25 years, the National Reverse Mortgage Lenders Association has provided a critical voice for the reverse mortgage industry in Washington, D.C. and across the country in state and local governments to ensure the reverse mortgage program is meeting the needs of America's aging population and providing the retirement security they need and deserve. In addition to advocacy efforts, Nirmala provides exceptional venues for professionals from across the reverse mortgage ecosystem to come together and network, learn, and share ideas. Join Nirmala live in Baltimore, Maryland on July 11th and 12th for Nirmala's Eastern Regional Meeting. After two years of virtual meetings, Normalist team can't wait to catch up with you in person, providing a venue for you to meet with your vendors and network with your friends and colleagues, all while offering best-in-class educational content. It will be a great time to sharpen your sales skills and to stay abreast of important issues and trends within the reverse mortgage industry. To register or get more information, visit www.nrmlaonline.com. That's normalaonline.org. Wendy, thank you so much for joining me on the RMD podcast. I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Oh, thanks so much, Chris. Happy to be here.
0: Oh, great. Yeah. Well, we're really happy to have you. Uh, obviously, you and I have been acquainted for, for a few years now. I, uh, I, I became acquainted with you during your time at Reverse Vision, of course, but um, now you are at the Blackfin Group and you're kind of spearheading that organization's uh, involvement in the reverse mortgage sector. But before we kind of dive into the current status quo in the industry, for, uh, for the people who might not be all, all two of the people who aren't familiar with who you are probably going to listen to this show how did you uh get involved in reverse like where did your interest in like the the finance sector come from and then how did that dovetail into the reverse mortgage industry of all things
1: that's a great question and one uh that that i don't think a lot of people actually know the answers to um after college my college degrees and communications i was uh big believer in marketing, advertising, public relations, um, and enjoyed that. Coupled with... uh, My family actually owned a small interconnect company. So a small business um, in the panhandle of Florida. And they uh, were fortunate enough um, after deregulation that they they were an interconnect company. So basically, uh, business systems. So go back to the days of fax machines when um, that was a novel idea. And how would you sell a fax machine if 2 people don't have a fax machine? So going back to solving problems at the dinner table of innovation, I grew up with that. So fast forward into my career, and I have really found a niche with startup type businesses looking to grow. Um, and it seems like it's always been something um, that is um, novel at the time. Uh, for example, one of my company's Trans Perfect Translations, I was there. Uh, I worked out of the Chicago branch and I, I ran the Midwest. And at the time, it might seem crazy, but we were just going into a global economy. Um, things were not translated into a million different languages as the time they are now. Um, so I was with a it's a half a billion dollar company now, but I was there when it was, you know, eight to twelve million dollars and helped, you know, evangel uh, uh, evangelate why it was needed um because of what was going on in, in markets. Um translate.com actually handles, you know, Google Translate back in the day. That was a novel idea. And so those were the kinds of things I've always been interested in. Um, how did I end up in finance specifically and at Reverse Vision? Uh, quite honestly, I've always been um, interested in real estate. Uh, from a young kid, I remember everybody who seemed to have money had real estate. So I've always been fascinated with it. And finance, I've always been fascinated with it. I bought my first house when I was 26 years old. And I've done a couple of flips and things like that. So a recruiter called me. And, uh, there was an opportunity for a sales and marketing VP in the reverse mortgage industry. And, uh, would I like to, you know, meet with at the time the president CEO was John Button. And this goes back to when Jeff Taylor. Um was still active uh and and, uh, and alive in the industry and i I interviewed with them and what I realized was I kn- knew very little about it. most of what I knew was not positive per se, but I did my research I'm a big researcher that goes back to my sales and marketing training at college. I had a professor who said, if you'll spend an extra thirty minutes researching, you'll be an expert um more so than the majority of the people most people will not spend the extra 30 minutes to learn something if you'll do that you'll find something you need so i started learning about the industry and what i learned is we were on the precipice of a really a retirement crisis and i felt like i could make a difference because i looked at things a little bit differently um and uh i ended up with the role at reverse vision with with really um, the goal, and this, you know, we're going back to 2015 now, um, where FA was going to take effect, um, and it was transitioning. The industry was transitioning, so it needed a fresh approach. And a lot of times, what I was looking at might not have been uh, considered appropriate. Um, but if you look at where we are today, the the talking points really are generational lending, and it is just another loan product that needs to be described. But more importantly, um, we really need to be talking about retirement in America. So that's how I ended up at RV. Um, you know, it's no big secret that Reverse Vision um, sold to Constellation, and I uh, had the opportunity with Blackfin to come in and build out a reverse mortgage consulting practice, which is really a mortgage consulting practice. And how do you add another lending program? to really round out keeping your customers for life. I was given that opportunity and here I am. So thanks for that question. That's actually how I got here. I feel like it takes everything I've done in the last 25 years of my career and kind of mushes it all together and um, I get to help people.
0: Yeah, of course. Well, and I wanted to to touch quickly on that too, because... Um, I, I, find, I always find it interesting for, for leaders in the industry to describe when they went from, I guess, viewing their participation in the industry as a job, and then it moves more to product advocacy. And what you do now really does strike me as, uh, as work that comes from someone who is an advocate for the product. Was it the realization of the, retirement, the impending retirement crisis that pushed you in that direction, or was it something else?
1: It was uh, a combination of things. Uh, yeah, I took the job based on demographics and TVC. We knew they had an exit strategy. And, and my goal was always to be a president slash CEO. And it was a good stepping stone to get there. Um, what ended up happening was I watched very good people in this industry work so hard and not really move the needle. Um, and I am, I am a passionate person for the underdog. Um, and I honestly felt like there was disconnects between the technology, how sales was evolving the, the direct consumer market. And honestly, the messaging, and I don't mean just messaging to the borrowers. I meant messaging to the industry. Um, I was shocked at how many people in the actual mortgage industry were so wrong about this lending program. So wrong about it. Um, and then I'm getting older myself. I started paying attention and I had an aunt. Um, one of my favorite aunts and, uh, she got a 30 year fixed mortgage at the age of uh, 67. So she could put a, You know, a deck on her house and things like that. And nobody even talked to her about a reverse as even an option. Um, and that really hit me as wow. Um, and then I had another situation where I was in my uh, local neighborhood. There was a local neighborhood wine bar. Um, and the owners of that wine bar were sitting there talking and wondered if anybody there knew anything about reverse mortgages. And I said, do you know what I do for a living? And they didn't. And their father was on, um, care and, uh, they were spending money out of their pocket, her and her s- siblings. And he's sitting on, you know, a couple million dollar home here in Southern California. And they're paying for nurses and paying for things like that. And her mother was, you know, in not great shape either. And so I got to see firsthand the product and how it worked. And, and I believe in it. It's not for everybody, but it should be um, part of the retirement conversation. Uh, it should be. It's silly if it's not part of it. Again, it's not for everybody, but it's silly that we don't talk about it more. And I have to tell you, um, with what's gone on in the last several years, I'm fearful that a lot of people between the ages of 55 and 65 have taken out a cash out refi, um, at 80%. And at 80%, you're not going to qualify for a reverse mortgage. Uh, and the retirement crisis is even, um, going to be more dire. Uh, so, you know, it, it, I feel like, uh, I feel a lot of passion towards this and I'm getting up in that age myself. And it saddens me that people work their whole lives and are sitting on equity and they're not able to have a decent quality of life.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, it's understandable how it would then push you into more passionate territory, especially with the firsthand experiences that you describe. Well... One of the things that uh, I was anxious to talk with you about, especially for for this format, was just the state of the industry as it is right now. And um, you have to do a lot of temperature taking in your role at Blackfin at the moment, not only to bring people there up to speed, but also just to to navigate the uh, the the new and shifting dynamics that seem to be taking place. Um, and because you have your your thumb on the pulse of um, of all of the different sort of uh, competing realities that are taking place in the reverse mortgage industry. I wanted to ask you um, uh, about the interest rate rise and how there could be a, a potential recession that, that is coming down the line. It still seems like economists aren't fully in agreement about whether or not that's actually a foregone conclusion, but do you think the interest rate rise and a potential recession combined with things that we're seeing like industry-specific layoffs, uh, are, are those going to impact reverse mortgages here in the, the, the short and midterm?
1: Honestly, I don't think they're going to impact them as severely as uh, traditional mortgages being impacted right now. Um, and the reason I say that uh, is because the interest rates are a little... Uh, the borrowers are a little less... Um, once they learn about the product, they're a little less sensitive because it, the, the math makes sense to them. But, uh, in the bigger picture, I am worried about new borrowers coming into, um, the market. Like I was seeing before, I'm, I'm worried about that because I don't know, you know, I'm looking at data now and, and, uh, if, in, if interest rates rise and we go into, let's just say it's not a recession. It's just flat, still at 80%, you know, LTV, you're not getting a reverse mortgage. Um, And at a flat um growth rate, which is likely to happen because you know, even if it's a it's a slight recession, I don't see us going into a crash the way we did in OA in our industry, because um the regulations have worked. Um and and that leads to something that I think is an interesting I, I had asked you about, Chris, like counseling. Uh what I'm seeing right now, the number I had to pick three things that when people want to talk to me to see what they can, what I can help them with, it's counseling, getting people to counseling. Because if you can get folks to counseling, the likelihood of them moving through the process is so much higher. But the counseling component is one of the um, detractors. And, and I was wondering, you know, um, with all the regulatory changes, what is the purpose of the counseling? I understand that, that in the past, this was considered predatory, but with basically a 55% LTV, it, it isn't predatory at this point. I don't think so. And, and so I think that, that the opportunities are to really, um, educate at the policy level, um, of how the changes that have already come into play might make it, um, smoother for seniors to age in place, which the majority want to do. So I- I'm not a big um, believer that the rise in the interest rates is going to, you know, uh, kill America as we've seen it happen in the past. I think we are going to slow down. It's a typical supply and demand problem. I mean, I mean, look at anything right now. people over ordered because there were supply chain issues, and now everything in the world is on sale because they think they might have too much inventory because of the pending um you know recession. so I think if you've saved your cash and if you've been pretty balanced the last few years, I think you're going to be just fine and and this demographic for the most part has done that so I'm not as uh, naysay as some of the folks out there. Um, But now mortgage as a whole is going to see a lot of challenges um, without a doubt um, because uh, they're going to have to think about strategy a little differently. I mean, the interest rates staying low for as long as they did, coupled with uh, the housing prices going up, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, it was not hard to... Uh, have folks refi. Um, so I think traditionally they're going to have to really, um, think about things, but that's a huge opportunity for the investors and in the reverse mortgage space, um, if, if played correctly out.
0: You know, i'm something that comes to mind uh, hearing you describe that dynamic, particularly as it relates to additional difficulties that the forward side is likely to face. There are a few major multi-channel lenders that operate in the reverse mortgage industry who are part of uh, of forward mortgage lending organizations. Do you think that those reverse mortgage lending arms that are connected to forward lenders could suffer because of their association with forward, because it seems like at least on the public side, some of those companies that, that operate in in the public arena, like Aquin, for instance, with Liberty, um, or, or finance of America, they've been leaning a lot in their public statements about how reverse is a bright spot of profitability for them. But do you think that the difficulty they could be seeing in the forward side over the next, you know, several months could negatively impact their reverse mortgage lending arms? That's a great question.
1: Um, and I'm going to break it up in a couple of different ways. First off, I don't think it will negatively affect them in a one-to-one ratio. What I think could happen, and this is where if I were a leader um, at one of those types of organizations where I would be focusing on is... What is the forward operation doing for efficiencies um, for the reverse phase? How are they um, handling potential borrowers and leads? Um, Is it fair to the loan officers? Because like it or not, loan officers are about to be more important than they've ever been um, because people aren't just shopping online for rates. So loan officers, I think, have an opportunity to really dig in and get educated about a lot of different products, whether it's um, a builder loan product or reverse mortgage product, I think loan officers have a huge opportunity to learn and share and teach. And so how those organizations are, um, and I don't mean paying them, I mean how they're supporting them from an operational efficiency standpoint and putting experts in areas that can help. Again, uh, so the first one was uh, my questions around counseling. The second one is really around lead gen. I have a number of um, divisions um, of bigger organizations who have contacted me and I'm watching the larger organization panicking because there's layoffs and they're trying to figure out what to do with their forward group. And they're not giving the attention that is needed to the reverse group, um, that the reverse group. And I and it might not even be a group. It might be a group of uh, a division that has forward and reverse, but they understand reverse and they're really good at it. Um, and they're asking, Hey, can we analyze the data? Hey, can we do more? And because they're so focused on keeping the doors open, and this is a profitable channel, they're not thinking in terms of strategic operationalizing that channel. Um, and leveraging people so they don't have to have so many layoffs. You look at what's going on in reverse, um, folks are trying to hire all over the place. And on the flip side, you look at the traditional mortgage place, and every day there's somebody laying off, whether it's a tech company. I mean, there's some big tech companies that have done 20% layoffs. Um, so there's people out there who are, are skilled, and there's... Opportunity for growth, it's, you know, putting the puzzle pieces together, which is again why I'm at Blackfin, is because I'm in the unique position to put those puzzle pieces together. Um, but I'm watching the panic on the forward side, um, and them not having those conversations. It'd be sad if they lose some, some branches or lose some producers because they wait too long to come to the table. So that was a roundabout answer for it.
0: No, no, it's a it's a really good overview. I really appreciate that. Um, well, because you have a, a, a high up view of so much of the the dynamics that are taking place, what do you think reverse mortgage lenders should be keeping in mind as keys to success in the the new market environment that everybody's experiencing?
1: Don't be afraid to change. Um, don't get so dependent on you know all the answers that you don't go ask a lot of questions. Um, asking questions is key right now. Uh, there's some really good data out there on how borrowers are behaving specifically this demographic and know what you're trying to do, what channel you're focused on, because I can tell you that retail and wholesale, everybody will say, yeah, yeah, I know they're different. But wholesale from brokering alone to acting as a principal agent is also a different workflow and a different understanding of needs. And really do the research there and then take a step back and look at that data and make data-driven decisions versus gut instinct decisions right now. Um, the other thing that I, I think is is really key is taking a look at your tech stack. Do you need all the tech that you have? Are you using... Are you optimizing all the technology you have? What if you could cut costs by cutting out a couple of uh, pieces that are redundant? Do you have analytics that are measuring the right things? Um, I, I talk to people who are like, yeah, yeah, we're going to measure. Well, what are you measuring and why? And that is one of the challenges that so you have these forward, um, get forward people going into reverse uh, at the operations level. It is different enough to understand what you need to measure and what's important. So the measurement of, of the efficiencies are slightly different um, and understanding what that is. So yeah, um, it, it, it's going to be a fun time. Um, the other thing that I think is going to grow, and I think that there's a couple of companies doing a good job on this, is historically, IMBs um, consolidate right now and credit unions and banks are stable and um, are necessary in my view for reverse mortgage products to be in. So figuring out partnerships with banks and credit unions for some of the investors is going to be key to increasing um, their footprint, but more importantly, increasing the overall um, recognition of reverse mortgages when people walk into a you know local bank or credit union and see a sign as ask us about your reverse mortgage just like they used to about ask us about a HELOC it's going to start to have more conversation and you know uh a rising tide's going to lift all ships so if there's a a group doing it really well thank them and and you know move forward in that direction um because that's going to be important to keep the lights on, in my view.
0: Sure. Um, you brought up a, an interesting idea. I'd like to, to go into a little bit deeper with you, because the conversation that surrounds technology and the reverse mortgage industry is often dominated by the idea that there is not enough. Um, there there aren't enough uh, technological resources for borrowers, or maybe there isn't enough enough options out there for borrowers to check on their servicing or what have you. But you brought up the idea of technological redundancy, which is honestly something that I haven't heard discussed very much. Do you think, from what you can see, that redundancy is a problem among reverse lenders or brokers or even individual originators? Um, Or is it just a question of mismatched investments on the tech side that they're not optimizing what they do have?
1: Well, and that's where I would get back to. They're not optimizing what they do have. And then this will be a controversial thing for me to say Um, the pricing models in um, reverse um, mirror forward mortgage, meaning it's closed loan pricing for the most part. There is so much more loan volume in the forward sector that it makes it very difficult for any tech company in the reverse sector to financially build out all of the components necessary. Um, and so that goes into if you're a reverse-only shop, um, you're going to need to build and buy and piecemeal together properly and understand how the databases of each company work. And, you know, ask again, it's a lot of it is back to asking the right questions. Um, not assuming. Not assuming. Just ask the right questions and what you're trying to do. Um, I used to have people say, I want this. Um, And they would get frustrated with me um, at the tech level because I'd say, tell me what you're trying to do. Because a lot of times you might say you want something. That's not going to help you. You think it's going to. Tell me what you're trying to do and let me help you get there. Um and people assume a lot. Um they just assume a lot uh when it when it comes to the tech stacks. If you do forward and reverse, there's so much robust technology on the forward sector. Um the newer LOS is coming to market can an LOS by definition, the loan operating system, it's there to compliantly process the loan. Think of it like a manufacturing plant. With a reverse, the difference are, let's say, go back to that car manufacturing plant, you might put the tires on before the engine or something like that. It's a different workflow. Older technology um, is not as nimble to um, change out workflows newer technology is. And so, um, again, asking the right questions to the forward, there's a lot of of point-of-sale stuff out there on the forward side that could adapt. There's a lot of technology out there. So pigeonholing the thinking into only the 5 reverse companies um, that are loan origination systems that, as I have mentioned, the pricing model just does not allow for innovation no matter how you slice it. Uh, the newest thing today will not be able to be the newest thing in three days in the in this pricing model, not and keep compliant. It, it's just you can't get from here you know from there to here to there with that model in the reverse sector. So how do you piece it together and leverage what's actually already out in the traditional um, mortgage market? That's the key.
0: Sure. Yeah, we'll have to keep a, keep an eye on how that develops uh, over time. Certainly. Well, I guess the last thing um, I, I'd like to ask you about is just growth. You know, everybody is concerned about how you, n- not only how you grow the industry, but how you grow the pie of borrowers that you serve. Um, what are the kinds of ideas that you're seeing um, about the best ways to accomplish that, particularly in the environment that the industry currently finds itself in? I have a million dollar question, right, Chris? Um, sure. <laughs> we don't play for, for low dollar values here yeah, on the RB yeah. podcast. <laughs>
1: um, I have been trying to figure that out since I started this uh, journey in 2015. And my answer is exactly the same as it was in 2015. Uh, the borrower needs to be educated on a mass scale. The borrower has to have confidence in this as a lifestyle. Um, the last part of their life that this is going to give them the lifestyle that they are are looking for. There has to be trust in it. Um, and I outside of, you know, AAG has Tom and that's on television and that gets a ton of leads. I mean, AAG gets a lot of people who open the door because of it but we're not translating into um, all the bo- potential borrowers. So how do you get there? Um, I think coalition or a group of, of borrower or a group of lenders that get together and, and become an agnostic, um, get your logos out of the way and just put out their feet on the street. There are so many senior exhibits um, where they'll talk to people who aren't trying to sell them anything. And it's a grassroots education system that other industries have done. Um, you know, I'm in Southern California and, uh, uh, you know, the cannabis industry has done an amazing job with coalitions to overcome stigma around crime, around health benefits, They've done a very good job to where, you know, mainstream middle of America uh, has bought on to the fact that, okay, you know, this isn't going to send us all basically to hell. And so I think a coalition that is agnostic in terms of uh, uh, a logo that, that's a lender logo that's out there talking, sponsoring, um, talking to financial planners talking to attorneys, educating at that level and giving tools to the borrower. I've said this for a while. The borrower is savvy and needs to understand their own finances. They want to understand their own finances and they want to play with tools that allow them to understand how that loan product will work in their life. That's going to help take away the stigma That's going to help with trust. Um, And so that's what I think the million dollar question is, to be candid with you. And I said that in 2015, and I'm saying that today.
0: Do you find that the fact that your answer is so similar to how it was seven years ago is dismaying? Or do you think that there has been some uh, progress, even if it's incremental? Do you think that there's been any forward momentum in that respect? I
1: do. I think there's a lot of forward momentum. I think a lot of work's been done and, 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 I see this, uh, with all due respect to the industry. The lights have almost gone off a couple of times. I, I don't know how you have that many regulatory hits, um, and still keep getting up and moving forward. And this industry has people that, I mean, goodness has really just taken the hits and keep, kept going. So I do think that there has been forward momentum um I I really and truly do. Um uh, I think everybody's done the best they could with the options that they had in front of them from the tech companies to the lenders to the investors to the brokers. I think everybody's done their best. Uh 7 years of seeing, you know, seven regulatory changes, that's insane. Um when you think of it that way. Um and, and it's only now that it's it's only now that it's actually possible to do the education at the level that it could be done because it is that safe. Yeah,
0: of course. Well, um, I guess the last question I have for you, Wendy, is what's Blackfin working on? Is there anything that you want to leave our audience with before we uh, dismiss this episode?
1: Well, oh, Blackfin is working on um, putting a coalition together that uh, the age in place coalition that could do just that. Um, I call it my, 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 project, my, my project of love, um, because I believe in the industry. Um, and I've talked to a number of people who are very excited about it. And, uh, you know, over the summer, we're getting our ducks in a row of, of, of putting together the coalition. I believe in this industry. Uh, Blackfin's also working on, uh, the mainstream of how, uh, technology in the traditional forward world. I, I'm doing a lot with the tech companies on the forward world of helping them understand the opportunity. Because again, they're closed loan pricing, the opportunities as as volume slows down in this industry. So maybe we can bring some butter tech to the game. Um, and then next month, we have uh, Sales Boomerang and Mortgage Coach, um, 2 of our partners. We are doing a uh, information for good. Uh, it's, it's a charity, uh, information for good. And we're actually going to talk to 2 four Tech companies about reverse mortgages and what is being done out there, um, where people can, can see some different things. Um, and, and maybe some companies that are the forward world, like Sills Boomerang, you didn't know they had tools. You can do reverse. Um, and it's, uh, it's going to be, they do, uh, talks for good. The proceeds, I, I believe we're going to be doing it for $10 and the proceeds are all going to benefit actually, um, uh, the fight in Ukraine. So look for the, the press on that to be coming out as well. I'm very excited to be partnering um, with Alex and, and, and Dave. Um, a, we're going to be talking about retirement in America. B, we're going to be talking about tech. And C, we're going to do something good for some folks in the world who, who could use a couple of extra dollars uh, in their fight. So that's what's coming next, Chris.
0: Great. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for taking the time to be a part of this episode of the RMD podcast. Really appreciate it.
1: Uh, As always, I appreciate everything you do, Chris. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the RMD Podcast. Again, I want to extend a very special thanks to Wendy Peel for taking the time to offer her perspectives about reverse mortgages and how the business offering them can grow for the future. Also, additional thanks goes to this episode's sponsor, the National Reverse Mortgage Lenders Association. Be sure to check out details for Normala's Eastern Regional Meeting July 11th and 12th in Baltimore, Maryland at nrmlaonline.org. For more news and insights on the reverse mortgage industry, be sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at reversemortgagedaily.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to the RMD Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast content. I'm Chris Clough, and this has been a production of HW Media. The RMD Podcast is produced by Elissa Branch. Be sure to come back for an all-new episode soon. See you next time.